It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. President Joe Biden has spoken on inflation, the economy, and a release of a significant portion of the uh, strategic. Uh, petroleum reserve in order to bring gas prices down for everyday Americans. The debate has begun. Is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? Is it a short-term gimmick? Is it a real lasting solution? A lot of finger pointing, a lot of placing of blame. And guess what? As always, both sides are part of the problem. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, before President Biden even concluded his very short uh, speech today on the economy and the strategic oil reserve releasing of uh, millions of barrels of uh, petroleum to help try to reduce the cost uh, to everyday Americans, the debate had already heated up as to whether this was a good idea or a bad idea. This was just a distraction by the administration trying to help people uh, not think about uh, prices at the pump or that the administration was listening. Many Republicans immediately jumped on uh, criticizing the move as purely political. And the interesting thing to me, and we'll come back to this uh, in this segment and the next segment, is the president actually had some cover on this. And it did not come from congressional Democrats. It actually came from Republicans. Now, Republicans have also used this, a little technique of releasing this strategic oil reserve. In fact, if you look at the recently passed bipartisan infrastructure deal, of course, many criticized that was $1.2 trillion. Everyone said, no, it's going to be paid for. It won't cost the taxpayers anything. And why was that? Well, There's a little line in there that says before the year 2027, the uh, those in the energy department would sell off, would sell off uh, some uh, 20, I think it was 30 uh, million barrels uh, to help pay for it. So uh, the Republicans have used this even back in 2018. They also used this as a strategy to pay for things. So. Uh, So Republicans can't totally squawk at this. I don't think it's a great strategic move. It only provides short-term benefit, and there's a host of problems that go with it, which we'll get to in just a second. But as far as the finger-pointing and the placing blame, and I was disappointed that the president went there. I don't think he needed to, uh, but he uh, blamed a lot of other folks uh, for the problems in the economy and the price of gas and uh, cost of uh, goods because of inflation. Uh, But let's go into what the president did say. As we break this down just a little bit so you can figure out what it means in your world today. So 
the president began by saying that the the impact is going to be real. Obviously, Americans have been hit by the spike in gas prices at the pump. And here's where the president began. Today, the price of gas in America, on average, is $3.40 a gallon. In California, it's much higher. The impact is real. But the fact is, we faced even worse spikes before. Just in the last decade, we saw it in 2012 when the price of gasoline hit $3.90. We saw it in 2014 when it hit $3.69. And re as recently as 2019, we saw it surpass $3 in many places. The fact is, we always get through those spikes, but we're going to get through this one as well and hopefully faster. All right. From a communication strategy standpoint, I think uh, saying, hey, we know it's really bad. We know it's really painful, but it has been worse. <laughs> uh, that, that is not especially soothing to uh, an American family who is standing at the pump uh, watching a lot of their savings uh, be pumped into their gas tank. Uh, just saying how bad it was. You know, it's like when you tell your kids, you know, when I went to school, it was uphill both ways. And, uh, you know, we had to walk through six feet of snow and all of those things. That's not helpful. Uh, it doesn't connect you any better uh, with the people that you're trying to lead. You have to have an understanding of where they are and what they're actually dealing with. Now, the president went on to announce formally his plan to reduce the price. Today, we're launching a major effort to moderate the price of oil, an effort that will span the globe and its reach and ultimately reach your, cor your corner gas station, God willing. I've worked hard these past few weeks in calls and meetings with foreign leaders, policymakers to put together the building blocks for today's global announcement. All right. So the president said, I am working hard. And again, just demonstrate it. Don't tell me uh, this violates the if you have to declare it, you're not it. If you have to declare you're working hard, you're probably not working hard enough or strategic enough. And so, again, I don't think that is effective or is going to resonate or ring true uh, with most of the American public and American voters. Now, I applaud that he's having conversations with India, Japan, Korea, the UK. And uh, he said China, but kind of in a hedged sort of way that hopefully China will come along made me think that maybe they weren't really part of the conversations uh, or any real commitments uh, to that. So we're going to have to continue to watch that and see how uh, that portion of the program plays out. And obviously, if all of these countries release some of their strategic oil reserves, uh, then that could be helpful in terms of easing some of that uh, pressure in terms of price. Uh, President Biden said, uh, this is the, the one I want to dig into just a little bit. He said that we'll reduce our reliance on foreign oil. So today I'm announcing that the largest ever release from the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve to help provide a supply we need as we recover from this pandemic. In addition, I brought together other nations to contribute to the solution. India, Japan, the Republic of Korea, and the United Kingdom have agreed to release additional oil from their reserves, and China may do more as well. This coordinated action will help us deal with a lack of supply, which in turn helps ease prices. In the longer term, we will reduce our reliance on oil as we shift to clean energy. But right now, I will do what needs to be done to reduce the price you pay at the pump. All right, so those are all the things that the president said he is doing to help alleviate that uh, pressure at the pump. 
Now, a couple of things we have to keep in mind. One, this is going to take a little bit of time before it uh, really starts to impact what you're actually paying at the pump. And uh, again, I, I don't think from a from a short term standpoint, fine. Uh, this is probably okay. The bigger problem is that it it really isn't changing our dependence on foreign oil, uh, partially because the president has. Uh, limited uh, pipelines, not just the Keystone XL, but others uh, that are either on hold or temporarily paused. Uh, so we're we're not doing things that we can do that would make us independent, energy independent. And yes, I, I'm i an all-in, all-options-on-the-table guy when it comes to energy. Explore them all, but make sure they can all function uh, in the real world and uh, make sure that it's a it's not just something that has to be subsidized by the government because that just puts us further and further in the hole so it's not real. Uh, so we have to have these long-term strategies. Uh, but uh, if, if there's anything that we've learned from all of this is that, one, this is complicated. Two, this is going to take time. When we come back, we're going to stay with the question just a little bit longer. We're going to get into some of the areas where I was disappointed with the president today in terms of the finger pointing and placing blame and shrugging shoulders, not my fault, not my job. Uh, When it comes to all of these things, inflation, energy costs, uh, and all of those things, uh, we got to do better and we got to start thinking about this just a little bit different. Stay with us. With Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. We're going to stay with the conversation just a little bit longer here. Of course, uh, just moments ago, President Biden uh, addressed the nation, talked about uh, inflation just a little bit, talked about uh, prices that Americans are paying, what they can actually find on the shelves. And then, of course, the one of the big drivers is the pain we're all feeling at the pump. And... There was one area of the speech that I just having a hard time wrapping my head around and, and why the president uh, continues on this finger pointing and placing blame strategy. I don't think it's a good strategy. Again, I don't care whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. It's just a bad strategy. Uh, but the president chose to double down again today, talking about how he's asked the FTC uh, to exp- explore and and. Uh, investigate potential illegal behaviors of oil and gas companies as the cause for higher prices at the pump. Take a listen. There's another issue that's a, to be, that we'll be addressing as well, because the fact is the price of oil was already dropping prior to this announcement, and many suggest in anticipation of the announcement. The price of gasoline in the wholesale market has fallen by about 10 percent over the last few weeks, but the price of the pump hasn't budged a penny. In other words, gas supply companies are paying less and making a lot more. And they do not seem to be passing that on to the consumers at the pump. In fact, if the gap between wholesale and retail gas prices was in line with past averages, Americans would be paying at least 25 cents less per gallon right now, as I speak. Instead, companies are pocketing the difference as profit. That's unacceptable. And that's why I've asked the Federal Trade Commission to consider whether potentially illegal and anti-competitive behavior in the oil and gas industry is causing higher prices for consumers. All right. So the president really uh, 
pointing the fingers there saying, oh, it's it's the big bad oil and gas companies, the energy companies that are, are the problem in all of this. They're the only reason we're having uh, these spikes in prices. And I just, one, it, it just doesn't add up in terms of dollars and cents. Uh, we reported out yesterday uh, that many of the retailers uh, are also experiencing some real uh, pinch and pain that they have to pass on to customers. Uh, and that is the swipe fees from the banks, from Visa, MasterCard, your credit card company. Uh, their fees have increased by 20% just since the beginning of this year. And so when you're paying at the pump, guess what? You're also paying for those swipe fees uh, by whatever the gas station owner or the guys have to be paid for. Uh, and so I, But I haven't heard the president call for an investigation into those fees uh, as part of the reason we're all paying so much at the pump. So uh, to me, this is just a, a real challenge. I just don't think the president needs to go there. Just lead. Uh, just lead with what the policy is going to be, where you're going to go. And uh, I think that's a, a challenge. He also took some time, which, again, I don't think he needed to. Uh, but he also, you know, went out of his way to make sure it was clear that the environmental efforts uh, are not causing uh, the price of gas to rise. I also want to briefly address one myth about inflated gas prices. They're not due to environmental measures. My effort to combat climate change is not raising the price of gas or increasing its availability. It, what it is doing, it's increasing the availability of jobs. Okay, which is just a whole other rabbit hole to go down in terms of uh, what is going on in terms of green energy and and all of those things are good conversations. Absolutely. Uh, Like I said, I'm all the above strategy. Explore them all Uh, and make sure that that exploration is happening in the real world, Uh, that it's not just government subsidized things that uh, have a chance because that actually stifles innovation and creativity and breakthroughs and break withs. Uh, we've, we saw that in the solar uh, industry where you had huge government subsidies going to companies and it cut all of the innovators, all the small entrepreneurial companies out. Uh, and so just because there is an in, saying there's an investment in some of these technologies, again, wind, solar, all of those things, uh, if the government is picking the winners and the losers, uh, ultimately it's the American people that will that will lose out and pay higher prices. Uh, and so it has to be able to function in the real world is is always the test uh, in these kinds of things. Uh, finally, the president talked about uh, the fact that we do have a fast growing economy, uh, one of the better uh, economies in the world coming out of the pandemic. The fact is, America has a lot to be proud of. We're experiencing the strongest economic recovery in the world. Uh, Even after accounting for inflation, our economy is bigger and our families have more money in their pockets than they did before the pandemic. And America is the only major economy in the world that can say that. It's testament to the grit and determination of the American people, as well as our unique approach to this recovery and our focus on rebuilding our economy from the bottom up and the middle out, not the top down. All right, and then finally the president uh, rounded out. He was on his way to uh, serve, I think, at a homeless shelter where they were heading this afternoon, serve some meals up there, which is great. president should do that for sure. Uh, He expressed his thanks and uh, best wishes to all Americans uh, for a, a very happy Thanksgiving. This Thanksgiving, we have so much to be grateful for. Vaccines that are effective, safe, and free. Promising new treatments providing for hope 
that we can bring an end to the worst tragedies of this crisis. Record job growth, the strongest recovery in the world, and most of all, the chance to be together again with the people we love on Thanksgiving. As you gather together with your family this Thanksgiving, I want you to know how grateful I am to serve as your president. And I promised you that I'll never stop working to address your family's needs. And together, we're going to confront challenges that we face them, are going to face them honestly. And that will keep building this economy around hardworking folks who built this country. Happy Thanksgiving. God bless you. And may God protect our troops. That was the president of the United States uh, just about an hour ago as uh, he addressed a number of issues around inflation and, of course, the uh, the price that everyone is paying. And, and this is the, the big challenge for the president. So now he's created an expectation uh, that people are going to experience lower costs at the pump. So uh, that's one that has to be delivered on. Or, uh, again, citizens are going to feel this disconnect. Say, well, the president's saying it's wonderful. President saying the economy's growing fast and doing well, uh, but I'm not feeling it, and I'm not being able to fill up my my gas tank the way I used to, and I'm not being able to fill up my shopping cart at the grocery store the way I used to because of the prices. And so this is where the test really comes for the administration. And again, I thought the president could have streamlined a few things today that would have made it a little more effective. Uh, as you know, I, I am not about uh, politicians of any stripe, uh, any political party, uh, focusing on the shrugging of shoulders. It's not my job. It's something we inherited. Uh, I am against any politician who runs campaigns on what they are against rather than what they are for. And uh, when you're just pointing fingers and placing blame, uh, that doesn't take you anywhere either. And so I wish the president had spent a little less time saying it's their fault, it's their fault. Uh, I'm one of those Henry Ford believers, uh, don't find fault, find me a solution. And I did appreciate the president ended saying, hey, let's solve these problems, let's face these challenges honestly. And I think that's the key. Let's be honest with the American people, uh, and then let's move forward. We can get it done. Stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.